0: You're listening to Revenge of the Drive-In, the podcast where we talk about two movies randomly selected from a list of over 1,700. Those two movies today are Friday the 13th Part 3 from 1982 and The Prowler from 1981. Two movies big on kills, light on plot. (laughs) And I am Patrick and I'm joined by...
1: Jim, hello, hello everybody and hello Patrick.
0: Yes, of course, we've got... Two movies that are more or less the exact same thing today. There's not. We're not exploring the depths of human emotion or (laughs) the um, meaning of life in any significant way that I can tell. You know, maybe there's an argument to be made with. No, there's not. There's (laughs) there's not. (laughs) The one time Friday the Thirteenth Part Three tries to do something a little different, it's horrifically embarrassing. I would argue.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. I think. Okay. I think we can get into it afterwards. Uh. <laughs> oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I'll just say it. I, I don't get it. You know, people everywhere complain about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, where they confirm that Freddy is a pedophile. Everyone has like problems with that, even though that was the original plan when Wes, Cra- when we're, Wes Craven wrote it, and then eventually it got phased out. And it, you know, maybe it's more implied in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. We we go to some really weird, kind of messed up territory with Jason in this movie. I'm just gonna say that, but hey, we're starting with Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, and I'll just I'll just start off by saying there's there's really three things you need to know about this movie, and those are pretty much the only three things. But you've got the same damn movie as the first two again, mm-hmm. right? I mean, same plot. There's really nothing. To these movies, in in that sense, it's repetitive. It's a repetitive series, but yeah, that that's that. You also have this is where the first movie where Jason gets his hockey mask. So we're in full icon mode with the Jason character, and the hockey mask was actually just. I think it was like a happy accident. I think somebody kind of had it just lying around set because like someone who worked on the set was like a big Detroit Red Wings fan or something. And then there's the last thing you need to know about this movie, and that's that it was shot in 3D. This is the... You have 3D movies in the 50s, like Creature from the Black Lagoon, like the House of Wax. Then it goes away. Then it comes back in the 80s for a little revival. Jaws 3, Amityville 3D, Friday the 13th Part 3. Those are, like, the only ones I really know of. And then it went away again, and then it's... Is it still around? I guess I don't see movies in three D. Three D,
1: yeah, it's still around. You know, like uh, I think you could have seen the newest Venom in three D and IMAX. Maybe I don't okay. know. Okay, I don't know. I'm sure the next Avatar well, coming out in 2055. Well, yeah, but
0: is yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we're already in an era of three D decline. But it's coming back in 15 years when James Cameron releases Avatar <laughs> too.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I think James Cameron was the one who kind of brought 3D back with Avatar.
0: Well, yeah. I know that. that's why I said that.
1: Oh, well, I mean, like, I okay, yeah. <laughs> Redacted.
0: Yeah, so Friday the 13th Part 3, it's filmed in 3D, so it has, like, a little bit of a different look. It has, like, a different kind of, I don't know, film grain. It looks kind of like a movie from the 70s, like yes,
1: an Italian
0: yeah. Jawa movie. It kind of has that look. You mean shitty. It doesn't look cheap, but, <laughs> oh. it, it well, you know, it, it, I don't think it looks cheap. Or shitty. It just looks very different and gives the movie kind of an exploitation feel, which Mm -hmm. the first movie kind of achieved just through being very low budget. This, I think, more has like just the look of that, even though it's not really an exploitation movie. It's almost a rape revenge movie in a way, which which we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of this being the same movie, we start with a flashback to the ending of part two. We don't get Jason jumping through the window. Or do we? I don't think we <laughs> no, do. No, no. We, we just get like the we, yeah, we just get the fight at Jason's shack and then when Jason's on the ground unconscious or whatever, he moves a little, which I believe is not something we saw in Friday the thirteenth, part two. So after that we've got Jason wandering around. He kills two people who work at like a who live and work at like a convenience store. It's yeah. Like a southern grocery store type thing i i don't know but anyways we've got some fat guy with facial hair who <laughs> eats fish food <laughs> yeah, he gets yeah. stabbed with a uh not a machete what is that that's a, uh, a cleaver yeah cleaver. a meat cleaver to the chest and it looks like he's wearing a pillow <laughs> over totally a shirt it. when he's stabbed.
1: also they've got like 80s shit humor in this movie yeah which is yeah really out of place
0: well, yeah, it's like that scene from The Legend of Boggy Creek 2, where it's just like, oh, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, because he doesn't get killed on the toilet, but he goes to the bathroom right before he gets killed.
1: Yeah, and like, as the camera's, like, panning up to his, to show his pillow-stuffed abdomen, Yeah, he's, like, shitting. And there's, like, all kinds of shit noises. And you're like, okay, like, I, why?
0: Well, I don't think he has a pillow when he's shitting, to be fair. He's just a heavier guy. <laughs> He wears the pillow when he gets stabbed. That's the point of the pillow. <laughs> uh, Although then again, you know, if you're trying to have a consistent look to this character, maybe he wears a pillow the entire thing. So it, therefore you're not thinking about it when he gets stabbed. <laughs> but hell, I was thinking about it. So I'm going to say no. And then speaking of weird things, his wife is like a, it's, that's got to be like a 25 year old woman in like old age makeup, right? Or well, what is that's that? What she
1: looks like, yeah. And they have put like yeah. curlers in her hair to make her look old. I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. She she dresses like my grandma, and she's <laughs> uh, you know I I'd be shocked if this woman is over thirty five. I, I I might even be surprised if she's over thirty. But she's the wife of this guy who's what in his fifties, probably forties at least. Easily. And then they have her dressing like she's his mother almost. <laughs> she dresses like and with the curlers, she she dresses like like an old lady. But I think they were just overcompensating to make up for the. <laughs> or the actress being 20 25 years younger
1: yeah it's almost like well she she almost dresses like like trailer trash you know what i mean like yeah th- i think that's the idea because this right? again
0: this guy eats fish food <laughs> um
1: <laughs> yeah and starts like taking well <laughs> their bathroom
0: is essentially an outhouse
1: yes yeah not even essentially it pretty much is an outhouse oh
0: but i think it's it's part of the build. like it's not a separate building which is why i say it's Oh yes. okay yeah But anyways, it doesn't matter. She gets a knitting needle through the back of her head so that it's coming out the mouth. It's kind of a weird, like, the scene dwells on it too long. The shot dwells on it too long, but I think that's just the 3D part, right? Yeah, I would like to see this movie in 3D. I have tried. I have a DVD that has both the 2D and the 3D version. So I tried that out, but my even though I, like, changed some settings on whatever video player I was playing it on on my computer so that it would be in 3D, my janky ass computer couldn't support it i mean it's possibly just the dvd there's just i don't know but anyways you know this i would love to just go to the theater and see this movie in 3d like why not anyway so then it's so then we meet our main characters these characters are all going out for a little weekend getaway to chris's family cabin chris is our main character the final girl played by what the hell's her name i can't remember uh, it's the girl from sweet 16 which isn't legitimately solid underrated slasher movie Uh, oh dana kimmel that's it and then okay so who who are all the characters we have they all they're all like set up with like one thing we've got debbie her best friend who's well i guess she's got two things to her character she's horny a lot and she's pregnant (laughs) yeah yeah which you know one may be the result of the other who knows but that's that's going on with her character she's got her boyfriend andy who's also horny a lot and he does handstands
1: yeah, because that's the cool thing to do in the early. Well, age. I
0: would, <laughs> Yeah, I wonder <laughs> when that's coming back later, guys. Uh, another thing that people complain about with like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies is like in the, some of those weaker sequels, it's like they're setting a character up with like one personality trait, and then that's involved in their death later on. Like, hey, we're, we do it with Andy here at least.
1: I would say that's done with like every character here, because then you get those you get those two stoners, who that's. Well, I I don't, I don't know if
0: it's really done with. Well, no, they're not, like, killed because they're stoned, though. But, yeah, anyways, let's talk about the stoners. Let's talk about Jerry Garcia and his 35-year-old girlfriend. This is a weird group. These people, again, these guys are, like, college-age kids, right? Because Andy mentions Shelly's his roommate, so I assume they're college students. And then we've got these, like, people that look like they're well into their 30s in Chuck and Chili. Like, what is going on? Plus, yeah, Chuck dresses like a hippie. Yeah. It's just weird.
1: I genuinely thought it was either Cheech and, like, or Chong originally. Yeah,
0: I I, I think that's what they're going for for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, and I don't know which one's which. Like, I'm familiar with Cheech and Chong. I've never seen any of their movies. I I don't know, you know. One one of them looks like this, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so then then we've also got Shelly. Shelly is the prankster. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's a variation on the prankster it's it's he's the sad miserable prankster because his life sucks and he hates himself and that's kind of interesting It's done better in Friday the thirteenth the final chapter I guess he's not really a prankster but um Crispin Glover in that movie is just this like pathetic loser <laughs> that you kind of feel for
1: what do you mean just in that movie
0: <laughs> whoa hey he's an accomplished he's an accomplished thespian that Crispin Glover He's the son of a Bond villain, kind of. Is he really? Because his... Well, his dad's one of the guys, he gets... His hands get tied, like, between his legs, and he gets flipped over a boat. That's his dad.
1: Oh. <laughs> in, yeah. yeah
0: in In the classic film, Diamonds Are Forever.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: A, a movie that's, you know, as... Well, it's not quite as embarrassing a credit as... I'm pretty sure Chris is an epic movie, but, I mean, it's up there. The Glover name has... <laughs> You know, Danny Glover and Saw was was a better role than those two. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, Cheech and Chong. We've got um Shelly. Shelly is played by Larry Zerner, who I'm just gonna say it, he sucks in this movie, but Larry Zerner is a I I'll say, I'll use the word prominent. He's an entertainment lawyer who's uh covered the Friday the thirteenth trial for a while and in a really kind of fun and informative way because he has the background of both being a Friday the 13th fan and someone who knows something about the law which is probably not the case with most Friday the 13th fans which is not an insult like you'd say that about any you know not everybody knows the court system as well as a lawyer you know (laughs) Star Wars fans you know I don't expect them to get that shit but yeah so he's covered that we've as of now that case is kind of done it in it i believe it, it could in theory go through another appeal so if there is another appeal be sure to check out larry's Zerner's twitter account because he will be keeping you up to date on things
1: i'll be honest but like I, have, I said
0: he sucks in this movie
1: i have no clue what you're talking about when you talk about this friday the 13th case
0: oh it's been uh the writer of the original movie victor miller was like um suing um sean s cunningham and horror inc basically saying, like, I should have gotten more of the profits from all these other movies because it all came from my script
1: and stuff.
0: And then, basically, that's why there have not been any Friday the 13th movies made recently. That's just, like, while that was in court, nothing could be done with the Friday the 13th name.
1: Gotcha, okay.
0: Apparently, there were Vans sneakers with Friday the 13th, And, and if you go to a Spirit Halloween, you'll still see Friday the 13th stuff, so maybe... Certain things are okay, but just not films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not huh. not media, I guess. I don't know. But, so let's get back to a movie that um someone probably should have been sued over. Friday the 13th, Part 3. Yeah, so we meet all our main characters. Well, no, we also meet... What's her name? Catherine Parks is the actress. She's in Weekend at Bernie's.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, we meet... Claire? Is that her name?
0: I have it written down somewhere. <laughs> Claire doesn't sound right. She's Hispanic, first of all. I mean, the actress isn't. The character is, so... It's Vera, first of all. I have I do have it written down. Vera and Claire, not really similar.
1: Wait, hold on. What's the actress's name?
0: What what did I say?
1: I don't know. What's uh, oh, Catherine Parks? You're right. It's Vera yeah. Sanchez. Where did I get Claire yeah. from? Yeah,
0: because she's she's <laughs> Hispanic. Because when we first <laughs> meet her, she, her mom is yelling at her in Spanish or whatever.
1: <laughs> Who the fuck is Claire?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where Claire. I'm like that doesn't sound right. Is that like the <laughs> actress that plays? Uh, edna or edith whatever her name is i don't know i assume you were just looking at wikipedia and saw the name claire somewhere
1: no i was watching the movie <laughs> and i'm like oh her name's claire that's great
0: well anyways vera is like she's kind of supposed to be shelly's date mm-hmm. for this trip because but because shelly is such a loser sack of shit and Catherine park's vera <laughs> is or claire we'll just call her claire from now on okay she's claire. gorgeous she's just like oh and then, and then this is where we see, you know, Shell, how Shelley feels about himself. Not just that he is a fat, boring, slob, loser, obnoxious prick, but, but we see that he realizes that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: This is the most character development we have in this movie, folks. <laughs> so, oh, there's one more character. We don't meet him yet, but we meet him in this next scene when they arrive at the cabin and this guy's name, this, well, this guy sucks again. I'm sorry if I'm saying that about like every character.
1: But it's okay. They all this suck. Guy,
0: yeah. We've got another 35 year old man <laughs> and
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, he's way, absolutely. I think he's,
0: I think he's supposed to be older than the others, but also given that he has a previous relationship with Chris, that's like super creepy. Like even if we accept they're like college age now, Chris is 1920, you know, somewhere in that range a year or two ago when she had a relationship with this guy was she she might have been 17 he might have been 30 who knows it's just like and
1: like i think this guy's downfall the character's name is rick by the way rick uh, yeah
0: i was going to get to it
1: yeah his downfall is is the mood lighting i think during the day when you meet him he looks pretty normal but as i was was gonna say his
0: downfall is a fake head that pops an eye out
1: (laughs) yeah that too yeah but no, when as the movie progresses, he looks older and older the darker oh, it gets. Oh, I see. You know, like he then so, the movie, <laughs> I he guess like I didn't I didn't
0: notice that. But But you're right. I think when we first meet him, I don't get the impression he's 35, and later in the movie I'm like, oh yeah, this is this guy's 35. Like,
1: oh my god, that guy better be careful with his knees. He might have arthritis, you know. <laughs> we
0: should we should set him up with um the woman who gets the knitting needle through the back <laughs> of her head. They're they're about Perfect the same match. age. Yeah. Anyways, here at this cabin which is it's like a farmhouse because they have a barn and they also claim to be near the lake even though we never see the lake well i mean we do later i get we do it like the end of the movie but at some point debbie and what's her boyfriend's name the handstand guy they yeah go to the lake to go skinny dipping supposedly we do not see it and shelly was invited to go skinny dipping but he says he's not skinny enough so he's not and instead he's just goofing around he's got he's got like a box got a big old trunk and vera or claire rather asked him at one point you know what what do you got in there and he's like my whole world and we eventually seen that includes weapons used for like hunting whales <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> he's got a full harpoon on gun? functional
0: harpoon gun functional is that like if you just had a like a harpoon gun and like a prop harpoon or something, you know, maybe if you're descended from like 18th century Portuguese fishermen maybe, but it fires. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't fire it. He's smart enough. He's good enough of a person not to shoot anyone, but that doesn't stop old Jason.
1: Yeah, and like but like this guy is such a loser that he shows up like his friend gets him a date. He shows up yeah. at his cabin by a lake. Oh, he's got two woods. separate
0: masks by the way i just y- realized that yeah he's got like a porcelain doll mask which is disgusting when we first meet him i think it's it's similar to the mask in alice sweet alice the 1970s like early slasher movie kind of looks like that oh, okay yeah and, sort and, of and the strangers ish
1: yeah and then he's got the jason mask the hockey mask yeah he's got the but, hockey uh, mask yeah but no this guy's such a loser that he shows up to hang out with friends and drink and he brings a chest full of practical jokes and gags
0: Well, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. You need a jokester. You need a prankster in these kinds of movies. (laughs) It makes more sense for that guy to just be a camp counselor than for him to bring, like, a gag box with him. But whatever, you know, we're doing it. Yeah, well... He also juggles, by the way. He
1: does. Yeah, extremely well. But,
0: uh... And I believe that was Larry Zerner, actually, who knew how to juggle, and he just taught the guy that plays Andy just for a scene. Because they... At a certain point, it's like, yeah, let's just sh- throw shit at the camera. So yeah. let's juggle. Why not? There's no reason. There's a yo-yo later on, too. Oh,
1: yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, cool 3D yo-yo.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. The yo-yo is like one of the most classic 3D type things. Because it's like in the in the House of Wax, there's like an intermission scene from the 50s. This isn't a yo-yo, but it's like one of those. It's paddle ball, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that thing where you kind of. Yeah. And the, it's like an intermission scene. And there's this guy just like talking. who's like. He's sort of like one of those, it's like Victorian England. He's like one of those guys that has like the traveling shows and he just has a paddle ball and then he just turns towards the camera and starts talking to the audience. It's so (laughs) stupid. I love it. But so, yeah, it's like, so if yo-yo an update on that, I guess, although yo-yos aren't really going to work horizontally, which is why they cleverly set it up where he's from above and yo yos coming down. You're right. It was very clever. Can work horizontally. Yes, Exactly. (laughs) Some skilled film- filmmaking from director Steve Miner, who also directed Part Two, which, though it had its moments of goofiness, with like uh, we talked ad-, ad nauseum about the wheelchair death scene. <laughs> yeah. For the most part, that was a straightforward, serious yeah horror thriller. It was one that was not afraid to have fun, but this is this movie's just goofy.
1: Yeah, and like it's it's uh it's quite. The change from part two. Yeah, even all yeah, the yeah part characters. two and
0: part one line up very well tonally, and this one not really.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean even all the all the side characters, or even all the people who get killed in part two, at least have some sort of a character to them.
0: Yeah, we've got yeah. the pervert. Uh, we've got the naked woman, which that's not really a personality, but whatever.
1: Yeah, well, but I mean, like, even like besides that stuff, like, like they have the thing that they're known for, but they're also characters like if that makes sense these people are literally just caricatures of of like characters that you would find in a horror movie in in part three
0: yeah you know yeah like like i said i mean there's nothing all he does is do handstands
1: yeah
0: all he does he's he's like lanky kong in dk64 he just walks around on his hands.
1: yes yeah
0: (laughs) anyways oh we forgot another character we've got the updated version of of um crazy ralph Oh, yeah. Crazy Ralph, the guy that warns everybody in the first two movies about going towards Crystal Lake. And he's like, you know, you're doomed, you're doomed. You know, that guy, that character, versions of that character appear in so many horror movies. We killed off <laughs> Crazy Ralph in part two. So it's like, oh, shit, what do we do? Let's have this new guy who's who's a hobo. Yeah. He should be <laughs> yeah. played by George Buckflower. He's not.
1: You're right. No yeah. one
0: played the hobo like George buck flower in the back of the future movies every hobo role ever is him and this guy is is like a they couldn't afford buck (laughs) flower this guy's like a knockoff
1: yeah yeah and he's ugh, yeah and when they meet him right he's he's essentially warning them not to go to the lake but he's also holding an eye right
0: he's holding an eyeball which does not look like an eyeball to me i mean i Sort of it looks get, like, a goat's like eyeball he's supposed or to have like parts of the membrane and stuff, but again, it's so he gets to hold it towards the camera, like, ooh, spooky <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: case you can't get from my tone of voice i'm I'm not the biggest fan of this movie, <laughs> <laughs> ooh, spooky, <laughs> anyways, so Shelley pretends to you know well, he doesn't pretend to kill himself, he does. A prank where he ends up with a knife in his head and everyone is, like, scared. But then Andy realizes it's a prank. So he does that kind of shit. That's Shelly.
1: Yeah, real shit guy.
0: Right. Well, you know, I think there's a case to be made that he is likable, at least at first. Like, likable in, like, a, oh, yeah, I kind of feel bad for this guy. Like, I'm, but then at one point he, he, he's, he's talking to Vera or Claire (laughs) <laughs> and he's like hey maybe we should and then she's like no she's very polite about it but she's like no it's not like it's not gonna happen hey but we can like still be friends i'll i'll um uh, am just gonna take a walk i'll talk to you and as she's walking away he says bitch like under his breath and i'm like you know what i kind of liked you before that but then it's just like no he's 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 like the classic incel all of a sudden you thought he was just like a goofy <laughs> um kind of sad character but then no no he's he's just he's a jackass he thinks he's entitled to other women's bodies
1: yeah yeah i I, i'll be honest i i felt the same way about him at that scene i was like yeah and and, and let's
0: let's um you know what's andy doing they're they're setting him they're trying to set him up with the hottest woman in the cast no it's not gonna happen of course not (laughs) set him up with edna well i guess they can't because she's dead but whatever that's okay set them up Well, and she's already been shipped with Rick, which which leaves Chris open. Chris is very pretty too, but yes, yeah, probably not as pretty as Vera. I don't know. That's I mean, that's my you know they're both pretty. It doesn't matter. But yeah, (laughs) they said you got to aim a little lower for people like Shelley. Just hook him up with like an okay looking woman. All right, don't set him up for failure. It's it's like they're making fun of him.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was like. It's almost like they want you to feel bad for him throughout the movie.
0: Yeah, they don't know how to write this character, I think, because they don't, they want you to feel bad for him because he even says later, he's like, no, I, I do all these goofy things because no one would notice me otherwise because he thinks he's a loser and stuff like, okay, that's, there's an angle of sympathy there, but I don't know. Also, the stoners hate him. Who likes him?
1: No, yeah, yeah. Literally, Never, no, Chris, no one likes Chris him. Chris is
0: frustrated as hell with him.
1: And it's because he does all these dumb fucking jokes. And, like, imagine, right. Patrick, you, me, some other friends of ours, we're hanging out, right? And this guy... David, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like that, but worse. Actually, maybe, maybe on the same level. But, uh... <laughs> then, yeah it's like it's like that he,
0: and then he gets passed out drunk after one beer Jeez!
1: but no i mean like imagine hanging out with somebody and they're constantly pulling practical jokes where you feel like you're either being attacked by somebody or you think he's dead
0: oh yeah well that's the thing too is like that's just you just have that in these movies even if you know if you have if you know someone if you have a friend who's goofy and every now and then will play a prank he doesn't jump out of the lake in a wetsuit with a harpoon, With a harpoon gun, you
1: know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's a line drawn somewhere where it's yeah, just, like some it's just like some things is just like yeah no, no this there's a, there's a certain point where that character doesn't become relatable and you're just making him a movie character and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like what 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 does what does Ted do in part two? He has oh yeah he has a couple of characters cars towed, but he takes it to. The location where they were trying to go to like that's something maybe you could you, like a person would do mm-hmm. maybe it's kind of funny it's not really a dick move i mean it's kind of a dick move because you have them freaking out but you're still taking it to where they should be taking it which was like 30 seconds away yeah, <laughs> like so yeah. i don't know so it's the harpoon gun I i can't stop harping <laughs> on the harpoon gun
1: <laughs> joke of the day
0: no. Uh, no the joke of the day is jumping out of the lake with our
1: Oh my gun. god.
0: Yeah, so okay, so we got to get I mean we're we're not really talking much about the plot but there isn't really much. Exactly. Yeah. About there's nothing in the plot. This is one of those movies. And so here here's how people die cuz that's that's all we're missing <laughs> pretty much. So, I'm going to get the order wrong probably. But well, because we have that scene where Claire Vera goes out to take a walk, and she's, like, sitting on the dock, and this is right after she rejected Shelly, and then Shelly jumps onto the lake. He had time to switch into his wetsuit and everything, grab his harpoon gun. He's got the hockey mask on, of course.
1: Well, hold on, hold on. Before you get to that, we got to talk about those gang members who get killed. They're the first Oh,
0: deaths. yes, of course. Yeah. This other, is than the, other than the Other than the couple at the beginning. Are, because we've got our first two black characters in the Friday the 13th series. They're both criminals, <laughs> and... Um, and this (laughs) is also, I think, really the first time in this series, this is a recurring thing later on, but this is kind of the first time we kind of introduce characters just to be killed. Well, they end up kind of affecting the plot in a way, but look at the other, you know, the earlier two movies and it's like, okay, the characters that died were either, you know, they're not that they had a lot of character to them, but they were around in the movie and there was a reason to believe they wouldn't just immediately get killed you know what i mean mm-hmm. and granted these ones don't immediately get killed
1: yeah but you're right and they, they do these ones do affect, affect the, plot, the plot. plot yeah
0: because they do siphon the gas out of the van
1: which also ultimately doesn't make a difference but we can get to that
0: well yes well yeah because because it's it, it's a fake out yeah because when chris is getting away at the end She's like, oh no, I'm out of gas. And then but she switches to reserve. Yeah, to gas? a reserve. Which, tank. What is, <laughs> it's like they're what, flying is this a an airplane, airplane over <laughs> Europe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like a spaceship. <laughs> is that was that a thing in like seventies, eighties so. vans? I don't
1: think so, man. I think I don't know.
0: It it's odd at any rate. And yeah, and that's ultimately she is able to get this car started, but at that point she can't um she can't move it because she's stuck in a part of the bridge which was set up earlier. Mm-hmm. wasn't set up so much as I guess it's foreshadowed because when she's driving towards their cabin, you notice that the bridge, one of the logs or whatever on this whole bridge kind of is a little janky. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, these. OK, so the scene at the convenience store, this is not the same southern convenience store where Edna and her husband ate and shat and got <laughs> killed in. This is a different, like, normal-looking convenience store. Mm-hmm. Shelly and Vera go there. Because Vera wants to just get the hell away. She's like, I got to take a drive or something, because it's after Shelly pretends to be dead. And so it's it's weird, because she's like, oh, God, get me away from this prick. And she leaves. But then he, like, runs for her, like, hey, can I go with you? And she lets him go.
1: <laughs> I thought she was trying to avoid him. I know, yeah.
0: So, they're at the convenience store. They come across these motorcycle gang of, like I said, two... Well, it's three people. It's two black characters and one white guy. Uh, Shelly accidentally hits their motorcycles when they're leaving and then they get mad and punch (laughs) through the glass because 3D.
1: Yeah. And then he
0: runs over the motorcycles again intentionally as they're getting away. And he's like, wow, yeah. And and then this is where you kind of see a bit of the friendship with shelly and vera because like vera's like excited for him and she's like wow yeah you did it and then uh, you kind of understand uh, shelly misinterprets that as romantic interest later on because he's a fucking loser incel (laughs) um so yeah the the biker dudes show back up they siphon the gas out of the van
1: they're gonna siphon the gas out of the van to then burn down a barn that's full of hay were hey, they going to burn yeah, it down because yeah, they're, they're gonna pour yeah, it oh, they're gonna pour right. it in the barn and i thought you know these guys aren't the brightest bad guys you know you got a barn full of hay
0: well speaking of of not the brightest they're trying to be sneaky as they siphon the gas right but then the, the one woman in the gang goes up there and is just like swinging from a rope and making a lot of noise she's going like woohoo and it's like what is this are you trying to be sneaky or you're just trying to have fun?
1: Well, is, I, well I, really we liked, I really like that shot because she's just like walking through the barn being an idiot, just like thumping things around.
0: She's dressed like Prince.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly like Prince. That's exactly what I thought. She looks a little like Prince as well. Anyways, she's swinging from this rope from like this pulley, this hay pulley. And uh, the the white dude in the gang is like talking to her. Then he looks down and looks back up and she's gone.
0: He's siphoning gas with a lit cigarette. It should be fun yeah. <laughs> I, I That's kind of fun to me. That guy just doesn't give a fuck. It's great.
1: Yeah. But no, that's a, that's a great scene where she's swinging on the rope and talking to uh, to the other gang member. And then the gang member looks back up and she's gone. And the rope is just swinging.
0: Oh yeah, because she gets killed. We see later she's hanging from... The, she stabbed the rafters, with a fork yeah. to the point where she's like... Um, stuck in like a rafter, which is neat. That's a neat reveal. And then the white guy gets stabbed with a pitchfork and, and in a shot that takes way too long again for like the 3D effect, I'm sure. <laughs> and then the other guy, the big scary guy, I mean, he's not scary. He's he's the big tough guy. He's the one who punches through the glass. He finds the bodies and then he and Jason fight and he gets knocked out. You, you, you would buy all accounts think he's dead here but he does show up later so back to present time when shelly pops out of the lake with a wetsuit a hockey mask and a harpoon gun he scares vera and then they have a little discussion vera's like i like you but just don't do this stupid shit you're obnoxious <laughs> that's
1: exactly <laughs> it's funny because that's almost exactly what she says <laughs>
0: yeah i mean i've seen this movie many times i i could Probably recite every word in that scene verbatim, but I don't want to because I'm ashamed of knowing that. <laughs> um, so then Shelly goes into the barn, and we don't see what happens to Shelly, but Jason emerges from the barn with the hockey mask and the harpoon gun. Yes, yeah. Vera at this point is in the lake because she realizes she dropped Shelly's wallet, so she was going to get it out. I don't think it's recommended that you wear your wallet inside a wetsuit. I, I don't think there's a lot of space for that. No, she whatever. had it
1: She had it in her in her back pocket because oh, yeah. he threw it oh. towards her at the convenience store. That's when the gang attacked. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. You're it. right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But she dropped okay. it. She, she pulled it out and it was she like drops it. looking at a picture, I think, of Shelly and like, his mom. And she's like, oh, like, this is cute. Then, oops, dropped it in the lake. I better go get it.
0: Yeah, okay, you're right. So then a man wearing different clothes, <laughs> although you know he has the hockey mask and the harpoon gun, and he's, he's like, a solid foot taller. and a half taller than Shelly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> She's like, hey, Shelly, what the hell are you doing? Like, stop stop doing that. And then Jason shoots her with the harpoon through the eye, which is awesome. I've been negative on this movie so far. This might be my favorite part. It's great. It's a fun, I'd imagine it's a fun 3D gag. It's satisfying when we cut back to Vera and the, you know, the makeup appliance with the harpoon through the eye. Yeah, it, it looks, looks awesome.
1: It looks great.
0: And then I like how after Jason does it, he just like awkwardly, like slowly, casually just walks away. <laughs> I love <laughs> that the, the camera lingers on him. He's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Jason then decides to wreck shit in the house. So we've got, the, well, the power goes out. Yeah. But this is, okay. So Andy and Debbie have sex in a hammock, Debbie takes a shower. Andy, like a dick, walks around on his on his hands to go get beers.
1: Dude, I'd be so upset and if then... that guy was hanging out with me when I'm supposed to be like relaxing in a cabin, and some fucking loser is walking around on his hands because he thinks it's awesome. God.
0: Right? Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter because he gets split in half. <laughs> I mean that—that's the um, obviously what we're going for. I've—I've I've never. We, the reveal of his body later is awesome. Oh, it's great, yeah. But I never got, um from the way this is shot, I never got a split-in-half vibe, because you kind of see him fall to the ground and, like... In one piece. I feel like you see his leg. Yeah, But, I do. mean, listen, it would have been a tough effect to do. We see later in this film, we don't exactly have the best effect people working on this. Um, <laughs> going back to the head with the eyeball. But, you know, I don't know. It, it's a fun, like, he because... Jason just takes the cleaver and brings it down and then Andy falls later on we see Andy's body stuffed up in the rafters which is awesome which is a, a matte painting I believe it's great oh is it it's really awesome I think so yeah
1: wow if it is that's extremely impressive I would not have guessed I would have thought that they'd actually put like a like a like a dummy up there with like because that was impressive if it really is
0: yeah i I believe it's a matte painting it is impressive even if it's a dummy it's a good dummy even, yeah but I'm pretty sure it's a matte painting. So and we see that when Debbie is back in the hammock and she looks up because she notices blood is dripping down, and then as she looks up, she gets the machete kind of stuffed through below her neck. It, it's it's a la Kevin Bacon, the Kevin Bacon yeah. death, but <laughs> yeah. but not as good. Yes, although there's some almost like tearing with the machete, which is kind of interesting, and I'm sure it's because it's a rubber torso, but it's kind of a neat effect. It's not as good as the Kevin Bacon one. So then Jason cuts the power apparently, and then we're back to Cheech and Sean. <laughs> Chuck goes outside to fix. He's going to fix the fuse in a pretty neat shot. He like he turns it, uh, um, or he, ter- he turns the light on, and then we see like Jason behind him. Like that's pretty cool. And then what does Jason do? Jason just throws him at the thing and electrocutes him to death, which is you know it's fun. Well, so so he gets the power back on, but then Jason yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) seconds later jason (laughs) puts the power back offline so then we've got uh chili who's the you know 35 year old girlfriend of the 55 year old stoner (laughs) teen yeah she finds shelly shelly enters the house he's got like a slit throat and she thinks obviously that it's a prank but then after a while she realizes oh my god wait you're dead and then she starts screaming for everyone this is some of the worst acting I've ever seen in any movie. Because she's just like, oh my God, Shelly's dead. She's just like screaming. She's running around with yeah. no sense of urgency. Yeah. Like, I get it. The, the character is panicking, but I do not get Well, uh, no sense of urgency and no
1: sense this. of direction either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And she, she turns around when the door blows open because spooky wind. Anyways, I mean, it doesn't matter. Jason picks up a fireball fireplace poker and stabs it through a torso i like that
1: yeah I that like was there's
0: ste- some steam coming from the body as it happens that's cool
1: i like that one that was my second favorite kill i think after the, i think so too. The i think gun. um
0: yeah the harpoon gun is definitely my favorite this is either my number two or three there's a kill that's both bad and good that we haven't gotten to that might be my number two i don't know i have to think about that oh and all this time chris and rick have been out talking And then their car wouldn't start, so they had to walk back. But this is where Chris reveals the trauma that she had a year or two ago. And this is, is, what are we doing here? This is uncomfortable. She, several years ago at the Lake House, or maybe just last year, was attacked by a man with a deformed face. And she was likely raped. They never say raped. They it's implied, if I'm not mistaken, Dana Kimmel was like, no, I'm not doing this speech if we say the word rape or anything like that. So I think she's kind of I think they intended to make it much more straightforward. It's still pretty straightforward, I think. And then obviously, we haven't gotten a true reveal of Jason's face yet in this movie. But obviously, we know this is Jason in the flashback. Mm -hmm. And then later on, even after she's been fighting this big, scary man for a while, She's surprised that it's him when when she sees his face. Which I always thought that was
1: stupid. I know. Like,
0: wouldn't you have almost assumed that this guy who's killed all your friends and is attacking you yeah, was some... probably the guy that raped you a year ago when yeah, it some was some s- brute of a man,
1: eight freak running around the woods killing people? You're not gonna put two and two together.
0: Yeah, I always thought that was uh, very very stupid. But anyways, Chris and Rick return to the cabin. They find that like the water's running in the shower and then there's like bloody clothes in there and then rick goes outside to investigate something and then he gets grabbed by jason (laughs) and he's jason's holding his mouth so he can't scream out chris is like hey rick where are you and then after chris goes back inside jason lifts him up by the head crushes it and (laughs) we get the worst fake head in the world uh it's like effects wise this is awful yeah, and then the eyeball the left eyeball pops out and pops towards the screen obviously because 3d yeah except watching that you just know like even if uh, i think you can see co- some kind of string or line but like just the way the eye moves you know what it i never got like? the impression it was just like popping out it looks like it's just sliding out on something and then would just like slide back
1: it looked like they had like a like a, a pole or like a steel
0: yeah. wire or something and just push it towards the camera It looks like one of those things like when a a bingo ball is selected and just like slides (laughs) down the the little metal thing. (laughs) That's what it kind of looks like. It just has that range of motion. I never got the impression that the eye was truly popping out. But anyways, both a great and terrible kill. The effects are atrocious, but I do love the idea of crushing a dude with your bare hands. Yeah, that's Whether or not the eyeball comes out. I mean, it really is just that motion, that action is just fun. So then... Yeah, the first dead body Chris finds is, is she doesn't really find a dead body so much as Rick gets thrown through the window.
1: <laughs> I laughed so hard because she's cowering in the corner. She's closing the doors and windows because like, the wind is knocking them open. And she's keeps yeah. repeating Rick's name. She's like, calling for Rick.
0: Yeah, she must say Rick probably 30 or 40 times in this scene.
1: And then, <laughs> and then his body's just chucked through the window. <laughs> lands in front of her i laughed so hard that was that might be one of my that might be one of my other favorite scenes in this movie
0: so then chris runs upstairs as jason you know jason comes through the window starts going after her she hides in a closet finds debbie's body this is when um jason starts busting down the door and she pulls the knife out of debbie's body and uses that to fight back so she's starts coming at him and kind of like stabbing and swiping the knife because 3d And then eventually stabs him again in, like, the leg. And then as she goes to run away, Jason throws the knife at her, which is pretty cool. Then she escapes out a window, like a second-story window. She kind of falls down as Jason's, like, tearing at her jacket. And then she waits at the front door for Jason to come through and then hits (laughs) hits him with, like, a board of wood, which... (laughs) uh i would have just been it's running, like slapstick at that point it's like it is a of little like a bit yeah. and hardy
1: or three stooges well J-
0: jason does get kicked in the balls in part two or hitting the balls at some point so this is so- sort of that but yeah anyway <laughs> she then gets in the van as we were saying starts it but runs out of fuel turns on to the um reverse fuel then ter- starts the autopilot up and unfortunately her <laughs> spaceship cannot take off because it is stuck in the wooden bridge
1: <laughs> she was so not she able to reach warp speed
0: Right, yeah, she gets out as Jason crashes, you know, head first through, like, his head through the driver's side window, which is kind of neat, neat little 3D thing, you know, use your hard, well, first of all, I guess, I mean, everyone knows what Jason looks like, but this is the hard plastic goalie hockey mask, which is, this, I'll say this is, like, perfect timing for this movie or whatever, because you want an iconic look for your horror movie killer, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Nothing that iconic about the potato sack. It's not bad. It's functional. Yeah. But, but hockey really mask is like, okay, we're trying something different. And we're taking an ordinary object. But even at this point, it was becoming not really ordinary. I mean, you might still see it on like with kids playing like rollerblade hockey in the street. But the NHL, I believe, had was moving to the full on mask. Like the uh, helmet with the the bars and stuff at this point, I think that transition had really already started for goalies. I mean like if you're just a forward or um, a defenseman, you just wear there's no mask, there's just a, a helmet, with mm-hmm. a chin strap. But I don't think goalies were really wearing this or, or if they were, they were moving away from it. I think what they did for the long time, the NHL, as they changed their like helmet and mask rules, if you were in the league before those were mandated, you could wear what you were always wearing. So I think <laughs> you have like 58 year old Gordy Howe not wearing a helmet whatsoever as he skates around. Uh, it's a, it's a thing. Look him up. <laughs> um, so yeah, but so the so this kind of hockey mask was already phasing out, if not entirely phased out. So it's like from now on, unless you're old enough to remember playing hockey or watching hockey, at a certain point. The hockey mask, you associate more with Jason than you do even with hockey. Yeah. Which is just kind of brilliant, probably accidental timing on their part. So the little chase fight eventually heads to the barn where Chris hides up in the rafters. Jason starts tearing down the barn because this was the last day of shooting at the barn set. So the actor had permission to just tear shit down. (laughs) That's actually what happened, which I love. Chris is hiding up on the rafters. And we see the actress Dana Kimball struggle to make it look convincing that she would fall from from here. And it's not convincing (laughs) (laughs) because she's literally on top. The board is about as wide as her. She's on top of it. It is fully supporting her weight to fall from here. You have to go out of your way. You have to go off the side. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. It's so bad. But Jason doesn't see her, and he's, like, ready to leave. And then he hears her struggling up there, and then she falls towards the camera, hits him, knocks him over. And then she ends up going back up, knocking Jason out somehow, and then she hangs him from the—you um, used a term earlier. What was that, like a—
1: The the, the, hay, the hay pulley thing, whatever it is. The hay
0: pulley, yeah. She hangs him from that a good old necktie party. <laughs> <laughs> As she kicks him off there, and th- this is a fun shot with him tumbling towards the ground on the rope, and then and then the rope, you know, it doesn't snap, but he hits the length of it, and then it's like, okay, yeah, his, he broke his neck, right? So she goes back down. She opens the barn door, and wait, why was the barn door closed? Because he came in it. And... Oh, yeah, did he, did he close? Closed it with, uh, with Yeah, he the, with closed it, I guess, to make sure she didn't escape. Okay, mm. that's right. Yeah, that's weird. Whatever. But she opens it up, Jason's there, and then Jason eventually comes to and he pull he, he does he has to like pull his mask off to like get the rope over his head. And this is when we see spooky Jason face. He kind of looks like um sloth from the Goonies a bit. Maybe yeah, he more does, than a bit. Yeah. yeah he, he maybe more exactly than a like bit. <laughs> yeah, this is Richard Brooker, who's like a stunt man. I know he's in like the Death Stalker movies. He had like a bunch of credits. he's, he's like a big stunt guy who specializes in playing monsters i guess so this is our reaction where chris is surprised to see that it's this other big hulking monster that she encountered once in her life then jason's coming at her and then all of a sudden the the big tough motorcycle guy comes too and he he gets up and starts fighting jason immediately gets his hand cut off (laughs) uh and then jason has his back turned to chris as he just wails on this already dead man repeatedly with the machete just like really really getting really giving it to him and at this point chris has had enough time to pick up an axe and which she hits him in the forehead with when he turns around and then when the axe hits him in the forehead there's like a moment of pause then he sticks out his arms because 3d and jason eventually falls to the ground supposedly dead chris then for no reason other than we did this in the first friday the 13th movie Goes out onto a canoe and <laughs> and goes out into the lake, and then she wakes up in the morning. It's bright, it's sunny. We see just how disgusting this lake is. Like, there's no way in hell they would have called this place Crystal Lake.
1: Yeah,
0: it's just there's like leaves everywhere. It's yeah, just it's like disgusting. a swamp. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a swamp. Yeah, it's it's so nasty. She sees in the house, not in the barn where he was killed. She sees Jason upstairs in the window. She sees him upstairs in the window. He's Got blood all over his forehead. He looks really creepy, and he, like, sees her, and he starts, like, scratching at the window. Then yeah. he eventually comes out, you know, through through the main floor, and he starts running at her. I just
1: want to say, he busts through that door like the Kool-Aid man through a wall. He hits that door so hard, it flies off its hinges and, like, lands on the lawn. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Yeah. And all this time, Chris is trying to row away, but she gets, like, stuck on something. And then she eventually looks back, and Jason's gone. He's nowhere to be seen. And then Jason's mom jumps out of the lake and pulls her down because exact same stupid ending as the first Friday the 13th movie, except not scary this time and just much dumber. Yeah, Like, why is Jason's mom, like... Chris didn't even know who Jason was, didn't know there was a mom. So if this is a dream, why is she dreaming up the mom? What is going on here? It's stupid, but hey, it's a dream. And then we see police attending to Chris. They put her in the back of a... They should They should put her in an ambulance or something. They put her in a cop car, which like visually that says she's getting arrested. I know she's not, but just put her in an ambulance. They put, they put Ginny in an ambulance in the back of an ambulance at the end of uh, part two. Just do the same thing. And she's kind of, like, screaming, but also kind of, like, laughing. Like, okay, she's probably lost her mind, and that's fine. Then the movie ends. So, Jim, what did you think of Friday the 13th Part 3?
1: Uh, Patrick, it was really boring. It was really boring. was not that great of a movie. The kills, I think, were mediocre for the most part, like, compared to our next movie anyways, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's all I really have to say about it. I know, I know... (laughs) From the way you've been talking about it the whole time, that this one is definitely not your favorite. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah,
0: this this is not a hot take for for like lovers of film to say this is a bad movie. It might be a hot take for like Friday the Thirteenth fans because I think generally this movie is well liked. You know, is it really mask? And I th- for like Friday the Thirteenth fans, I think Ugh. this isn't one of the two or three that gets continually derided at any rate. And I will say this movie might be my least favorite in the series. It's definitely up there. I think it's probably got the fewest redeeming qualities in the series. I'm not the biggest Jason X fan. I don't really like that movie, but that movie has at least kind of like a fun meta tone that I could see people really enjoying more than I did. And if nothing else, it's got some of the coolest kills in the movie, like the liquid nitrogen thing and an updated version of the sleeping bag kill jason takes manhattan sucks but at least we get you know 30 seconds of jason actually walking around manhattan which is kind of fun i like when he kicks the little punk's stereo i like when he's just <laughs> going through the subway like pushing people out of the way like th- that's kind of all i enjoy about that movie. well well actually he punches someone's head's head off too one of the best kills part five it's kind of only got the nudity and just the overall trashiness but i still think that has more going for it than this in terms of just like Something that's a little different and kind of enjoyable, even in a guilty pleasure kind of way. I just, this movie just doesn't do a whole lot for me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It it, it just feels like they were lazy with this movie. They were like, oh, well, people like the first two. Let's just do something similar. But it's almost like they cut out all the things that people liked about the first two. You know, especially one is interesting and creative kills.
0: Well, I think they do that. I think they just don't do a good job of it.
1: Maybe you're right. Yeah.
0: Because I mean, harpooned through the eye, head crushed between someone's hands with the eyeball popping out.
1: Yeah, I, I a guess dude it's just kind shitty. of
0: getting split in half with a meat cleaver. Like, I th- they're trying, at least in that sense, but it just doesn't work as well. I don't know. I think some of it is just the movie's not as interestingly shot, and I think a lot of that is they're just trying to do the three D stuff, like juggling yes. yo yo. Yeah, that's just as important. In this, those gags are just as important in this movie as, like, the kills. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah it's like know. this movie was a vehicle for 3D effects.
0: So this movie was a vehicle for Larry Zerner's juggling skills. <laughs>
1: yeah. He's like, hire me. I'm a great juggler. I do great at kids' parties. Look at me.
0: I, but I think this movie does, like, even what the original or the first two films might not have done great. I think this movie just does a worse version of them. I think the final girl here is mediocre at best. They tried to spice things up by throwing in a rape scene, if you will, like the the, the rape (laughs) backstory. And that to me really doesn't work. Like that to me is so, we don't fully know and appreciate what Jason is yet. So we're just trying something out. Mm -hmm. And it didn't stick. None of the other movies did anything like this, but they're like, jason's only been the killer in one movie let's try something and then it yeah it obviously just again no one talks about it everyone complains about freddie being a pedophile <laughs> uh, this this to me is more jarring because it's less in character than freddie being a pedophile <laughs> in the in the elm street remake
1: yeah it, it it really comes out of nowhere because you have like this hulking beast of a mindless or uh, this hulking beast of a man who, who is essentially a mindless zombie listen if there's anyone
0: in this movie who rapes someone it should have been Shelley. yeah you know what i mean i mean that's yeah but but let's just let's just not talk about rape in friday the 13th movies i'm uh, this might be the only movie that does it i can't remember well no i guess in part eight there's um a couple of junkies in the mean streets of vancouver manhattan to try and take advantage of the main character after they drug her up. I guess there's... And there's Freddy versus Jason. Someone's about to be raped. And in both instances, Jason ends up killing the would-be rapist. Not that Jason is a moral character, but just in these movies, like, we understand we don't need to see this. And if someone is about to rape someone or someone rapes someone, we want to see the rapist punished, even if it's Jason who may end up killing the person who gets raped too. You know, like we still want to see that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's really my thoughts on this. It's just it was just a boring, slow movie with mediocre effects and kills, and the characters were just. Yeah, we gotta shit. say
0: Stan Winston has some kind of credit in this movie. I didn't see his name in the credits, but he's listed on IMDb. So if this Stan Winston was involved in these kills and these effects, it's probably a career low for him. <laughs> He was also <laughs> yeah. involved because Stan Winston, right? Aliens. He's mm-hmm. involved in Jurassic Park, all these big special effects movies. He is also, according to IMDb, he's like listed under Friday the 13th, part two, as well. But I think he was originally hired to do that, but then left during filming to do something else. So it's like maybe some of his work is still in that movie. But yeah, I don't know. Stan Winston, you know, Pumpkinhead, the best creature design in film history stan winston has a proud history that kind of thing but this 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 doesn't cut it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not entirely sure what happened with this movie but it's just it's all mediocre i, th- I think that's if you could choose one word to describe or if i've I uh, if if i, well, could... I think i
0: think i think with the you know have you heard of like um with music it's like what is that called like third album syndrome or something are you familiar with what, what that no no where it's like it's usually when most bands sign a contract or when they form a band and start releasing music most basically have enough material written and perfected to release like two albums And usually that third album is, like, when they've run out of old material and they have to do new stuff. And so there's, like, a trend with a lot of musical acts who, like, their third album is, is like, a dip. Even if it's not, like, a terrible album, it's, like, not as good as the first two. And then maybe after that they kind of perfect their craft a little
1: bit. Doesn't happen with Elvis or Johnny Cash, though.
0: (laughs) Well, Elvis didn't write his music, so so he he relied on other people to do he just if the writers couldn't get that shit done he'd just hire someone else i guess right or or the colonel would
1: rather yeah
0: and i i don't know what johnny cash's third album is are you confident are you i have no willing to be
1: honest uh, yeah
0: exactly it might suck i don't know it's not with his hot and blue guitar (laughs) that that's his first album right johnny cash with his hot and blue guitar
1: listen i'm looking up what his third album is right now
0: Back then, especially because like early music and stuff like that, like the albums are all short. He probably released a compilation album of some sort before he even did oh, a third album. Dude, I you're right. It was
1: that. it was shit. I'll tell you why, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Johnny Cash, you fraud. You know, cause she, so here's his first album, Johnny Cash with his hot and blue guitar.
0: Right, one of the yeah. most underrated album titles ever. Yeah. <laughs> the next. Why? Album... Why does it matter that his guitar is blue? I don't know
1: is it is it's because his guitar's sad i guess because he's singing sad well songs. Is,
0: yeah i guess so but like hot hot and blue like hot sounds and like sad well i mean no but it's <laughs> like just including that phrase makes it sound like that is a phrase that's like been said before and it's not, <laughs> no, it's not no one has it's ever like black and up. blue is yeah. a
1: thing yeah like what should we black call johnny blue, Cash like his guitar bruised. hot and blue yeah
0: hot, there <laughs> hot and blue yeah that's that doesn't that is a phrase that carries no meaning
1: Yeah, then his next album was The Fabulous Johnny Cash, which is a great album cover and a great album all around. The third album is a shit album, and I'll tell you why. It's because, and listen, it's not that I have anything against it, but it's called Hymns by Johnny Cash. And that's his third album. Oh, right, because it should be They. Oh, (laughs)
0: I thought you were complaining that there's a, they threw an S. No, I, I know what you meant, but yeah. That's You're not a fan of his gospel music so much.
1: That's joke okay. of the day right there. No, you know, he's got... <laughs>
0: you can't say that more than once in an episode. Yeah, well, You've but The be jokes limited. get better. The,
1: jo- the jokes get better. That was a good one. Uh, no, his... Uh, uh, I, I like a lot of his gospel stuff, but um, his hymns... Were you there
0: when When they they crucified crucified our Lord? You ever notice the Johnny Cash (laughs) impression is basically the same as a John Wayne impression, just with singing? Anyways, you want to talk uh, prowling?
1: Yeah, I'd love to prowl. I mean, yeah, I'd love to talk about prowling or the prowler.
0: We're talking about also in our, um, just a quick plug. Well, first of all, I guess I forgot to mention, we were brought to you by the Grandma Sophia's Podcast Network. Sorry, Grandma Sophia. I forgot to mention that. Uh, So check out the Grandma Sophia's Cookies blog for all things music and entertainment. But I was going to say, like, on our Patreon, we've done uh, commentary tracks, movie commentary tracks. So far, you and I have recorded three, but we'll probably have more than three out by the time that this episode comes out. So patreon.com slash revenge of the drive-in. But we do have, I did make a note that our first two commentary tracks, coincidentally, were movies that had roller coasters made about them we did saw (laughs) which has saw the ride at thorpe park we had the mummy which there's the revenge of the mummy roller coasters at like all the universal parks this next one the prowler doesn't have a roller coaster but there is a noteworthy roller coaster named the prowler or prowler maybe at worlds of fun in kansas city missouri so wow wow yeah exactly
1: okay yeah so let's get to the prowler which in my opinion is a better friday the 13th part 3 than friday the 13th part 3
0: it's almost a better friday the 13th part 2 because it has the same exact climax as that movie it does yeah right down to the rat yeah it's it's like the movie (laughs) came out the same year as friday the 13th part 2 i'm not saying either one ripped off the other i don't know which was released first which was shot first but it is remarkable how many similarities they have because you have the actress here who kind of has like an amy Steele look about yeah, her. yeah she does yeah in that she's like pretty kind of bland and blonde basically those are like the freckles she's got the final girl look a little got bit some but freckles. she has a she has a pitchfork at one point which that's what amy Steele has when jason jumps through the window at the end and she hides under a bed and there's a rat that goes by her like this is yeah. just really
1: she's weird she does not pee herself though
0: I'll take it. I don't want the pee.
1: Wait, was, wasn't it part two when, they, when he was on the chair? How did,
0: yes. That...
1: <laughs> yeah. I like that. It's great. Um, well, you know, some more things that uh, the Prowler from 1981 and the uh, Friday the 13th movies have in common. This one. The prowler was directed by joseph zito i assume i'm who directed the
0: next friday the 13th movie yeah. a much better film than part three
1: yeah and he also directed invasion usa i
0: was gonna say invasion <laughs> usa i believe the chuck norris movie
1: yeah and uh I and then we've some also others.
0: got tom savini on the effects obviously who did who did friday the 13th the final chapter as well as the first friday the 13th movie yep you were Badly missing those Savini effects in Friday the Thirteenth Part Three is
1: absolutely because they look because everything in this movie looks really good. And he also apparently did the effects for a movie called Red Scorpion. I've never seen it, never heard of it, but that's also another Joseph Zito movie. So they've worked okay together more than once. I like the opening of this movie. You know me, I'm a I'm a big history buff. We get uh, some newsreel footage of uh, the Queen Mary uh, returning to port, I guess, or returning to New York. Yes,
0: the ship Tobias buys and arrested. To have a
1: nightclub, <laughs> yeah,
0: and uh, wait, no, no, he does it. He buys the nightclub called the Queen Mary. They also, yeah, and it's a game have bar. a party on the ship named the Queen Mary. Those are different things. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, so yeah, so we, we got this newsreel footage of all these American GIs returning home in I I I guess it's supposed to be forty five at the end of the war. At the end of
0: Wikipedia said forty four. That's I'm like, I, yeah. This war ends in forty five. Well, <laughs> I so don't know what the, the, the hell So that's they about. return
1: in forty five. But then we cut to a woman named Rosemary reading a Dear John letter that's dated, like, March yes. of 44. Right. And for anybody who— Yeah,
0: that's, that's the 44.
1: Yeah. And, like, for anybody who yeah, doesn't Yeah, th- th- know...
0: these GIs aren't returning after the fall of Sicily. They don't give a shit about that. The war's still going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that was actually 43, I think, come to think of it. But Sicily?
1: I think, yeah, that was 43.
0: Yeah, Italy fell in 43, I think. Yeah. And they've been falling since.
1: And oh no, no, poor Italian. For anybody who doesn't know what a Dear John letter is, it's just like a breakup letter that a lot of women wrote to their GI boyfriends in World War II or Vietnam or Korea well, well, or hang on,
0: we got to explain. So a letter is a thing that you write with your <laughs> pen and you mail to someone. Listen, a it's stamp. It's twenty twenty one. Jim, we've got to update people.
1: goddamn kids today and their smartphones this woman rosemary reads out this letter she's breaking up with this fella and then we cut to the year after like yeah, 1945 mm-hmm. at some point rosemary is going to a graduation ball with her new boyfriend roy who's also a, like a gi i think and i guess no no
0: a- he's he's french canadian his name's wa
1: yeah <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> uh, more
0: more hockey goalie connections
1: yeah there you go yeah I really like the stuff they added in, in the beginning. They added like a little tribute to Glenn Miller, who, uh, Glenn Miller of big band fame, uh, he was shot down over Europe in like 44. Uh, I think they found out that he was shot down by the Allies by accident in recent years, but um, fuck where am I? Oh yeah, so anyway, so they start dancing and stuff, having fun. The frisky couple decide to go out to Lover's Lane and, uh, and and start getting a little busy, but while they're out there enjoying themselves, a guy dressed like a G.I., who I assume is probably a G.I., shows up with a pitchfork and a knife and um, runs the Like a bayonet.
0: Through.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The knife's like a bayonet. like
1: Yeah, um, now, I mean, I saw people talking about it and they called it a bayonet, but I don't know, it looks more like a K-bar to me, but that's... Um,
0: well, what the... I don't know. No one knows what that is, okay? That's the, okay. We, well, you we're talking to an audience K-bar. that doesn't know what letters are. We gotta... <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah. More pitchfork deaths. Yeah, more pitchfork deaths. Yeah got pitchfork it, deaths. a couple times with the biker dudes.
1: Yeah, and... Yeah, so this guy, this this GI who you can't see his face, he's got like some cloth material pulled up over his face. It's a
0: neat neat outfit. It's a good look for a killer, it I is.
1: think. Yeah, he runs up to the to the two making out and he just runs them through both of them together with this pitchfork and it looks really great. It's gruesome, it's bloody. It looks... this is
0: also believe it or not i mean this is this is great this is probably the most mild kill of the movie too we, we see a lot more gruesome stuff later on so this is like yeah it, get, it lets you know it's like okay this is gonna be a pretty violent movie but then the the movie still can surprise you later on with where it goes
1: oh for sure yeah and after he kills him he leaves i uh, he leaves a rose right on the uh,
0: rose yes rosemary
1: yeah it's kind of like a, it's almost like a calling card
0: Yes, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like, uh, you know, here's a riddle for you, Batman. (laughs) Batman.
1: Riddle me this, Batman. (laughs) Yeah. Then we uh, fast forward to 1980, and we're in Avalon, California, which is, I guess, where the beginning of the movie was at as well.
0: It's pronounced, I know you're Canadian, it's pronounced California. Oh,
1: oh, my apologies, California.
0: But it is our Kansas, just for the record.
1: Avalon, California, people are getting ready for the first graduation dance held, since 1945 and they haven't been held since 1945 because of the murders and uh yeah i was gonna
0: say was maybe it's the more american endless war thing (laughs) because you got korea you got vietnam you don't have a lot of time of peace between those yeah
1: 1980 is the first time (laughs) you can really catch your breath so we meet pam Uh, senior she's prepping for the dance she's pretty excited about it we also meet uh the pervy sheriff's deputy mark who loves ogling the girls putting up yeah he loves high
0: school girls yeah he's he's (laughs) the matthew mcconaughey role
1: yeah that's exactly it yeah pam and mark head over to the police station and the sheriff he's going on a fishing trip but there's a bit of problem outside of town or there's a bit of a problem there's like a carjacker or a thief or something, right? Like, some oh, guy. yeah,
0: they these. Yeah. Yeah. OK, well, first of all, we got to talk about who this guy is. This is Farley Granger, the lead role in Alfred Hitchcock's Strangers on a Train. He's also in Rope. So he's like a classic actor. And I like a lot of these, like, even the sleazier, like, early slasher, like, horror movies, they, they get these, like, veteran actors, these people who, like, you know, maybe they don't have a big career going at the moment, but. They get them in there. It's just like, oh, it's a name that someone will recognize. But meanwhile, like, if you're a teenager going to see the problem, you don't know who the yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Granger is. Yeah, like, like it's kind of a weird decision, but it's it's probably like they can get these guys kind of cheap because it's um bet that's what Betsy Palmer is in the original Friday the Thirteenth. Yes, yeah, you know, I kind of like that. That like these actors who who like you know were serious. They're in some classy, classy ass movies, and then it's just like yeah, I'm going to appear in this movie where a naked woman gets stabbed with a pitchfork
1: and <laughs> in the shower. It's like, hey, yeah, well, hey, yeah. it's a shower scene. It's a Hitchcock homage. There you go, yeah. I way. mean, he, I'm sure he was telling himself that when he was like, uh, how much am I getting paid for this again?
0: Well, i that's, I know, spoilers, he's the killer, but I definitely can't <laughs> in the costume. That, yeah. I mean, that's someone else. Yeah, that's definitely not man. him. There's, there's no way in hell they're getting a 75-year-old man to do all that stuff. Not that it's that physically demanding. It's just like, for, like, cause it's not Betsy Palmer in the first Friday the Thirteenth movie. She shows up for her monologue. She's she does, you know, she's got five to ten minutes of screen time there. It's the same thing here. Yeah, yeah. Like you just get someone else. You get someone cheap to do the all the killing stuff. It's probably Tom Savini. Oh yeah, it might like be. Tom C- it might Savini, like hands on approach to the effects. He knows how those props, when their props are going to work. So it probably is him. Yeah, you're or it's probably his right. his assistant or something.
1: Yeah, so so we meet this good old sheriff. I, I don't want to call him a good old boy because he's, like, better than that, you know? But uh, he's going fishing, so he's leaving uh, the deputy mark in charge of everything. Right. And while this dance is going on and stuff, really not much happens. Just like, lots of filler stuff throughout this.
0: Oh, Dad, no, nothing happens. This movie is just—it's kills and filler. That's all this movie is. There is no plot. And you know what I'm just going to say? I love it. That's what I like about this movie. This movie has as little shame about itself as it has plot.
1: That's exactly it, and I totally agree with you. I and it is I a love
0: shameless it. slasher exploitation nonsense, and it's beautiful for what for what it is. If you like that kind of movie, I can totally understand someone not liking this movie because it's very gory. It's very violent some of the kills are genuinely like w- one of them in particular is genuinely like disturbing. And I don't really like, even if I appreciate the effects and everything, but it's just like, sometimes you just don't want to waste time on character. Uh, yeah. Or plot. Uh, you just want to see like, absolutely. and this, this to me is like, because Friday the 13th part three kind of half asses it with like sort of a little bit with Shelly. We're like trying to do something character. just doesn't really work. What work well. It's like, I, I appreciate a movie that, A, nails the kills better than Friday the 13th Part 3, but also B, doesn't bother wasting time on the stuff that Friday the 13th Part 3 ultimately kind of wastes time on.
1: We can compare this to like a Universal movie, one of those early Universal movies, or even like when we were doing um, the commentary track for Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. They don't fuck around. They're like, this is what the movie is. We're going to get you from beginning to end, A to B as fast as we possibly can with what you want to see in it you know what i mean like right yeah i like it's it, it just runs through from beginning to end Couple kills, like
0: Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Too, we get random musical numbers, although yeah. they're less random here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because there's a dance yeah, and there's right. a band playing. You're right. You're A right. little inexcusable in Frankenstein meets the Wolfman when that German dude just starts singing. But whatever.
1: <laughs> well, since you brought up the dance, let's let's skip to that because uh, Pam and her friends are all getting ready to go out to the dance, and Pam and most of her friends leave, but she leaves one of them behind. I think her name's Sherry or something.
0: I don't think I got a single character's name in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it also it's doesn't matter. people. Yeah. I no, mean, exactly. That's why.
1: Yeah. So anyways, one of her friends stays behind. She's still showering, waiting for her boyfriend. Then her boyfriend shows up, and he's going to hop into the shower with her. So he heads into the other room, starts taking his clothes off. But the prowler is there, and he stabs him right through the top of his head. And it just, comes of He just kind of shows jaw.
0: up. There's no setup. I don't think we see him lurking outside the building or anything. No. He's just oh, there. But
1: you know what? There is a bit of a setup. Where is I, there? I, I, yeah, I I breezed past it. It was. So is no um, other
0: scenes? It's not just like out of nowhere. But I, I thought this scene was.
1: There's really no setup to him being there. But when all the girls are getting ready, putting their dresses on, putting their makeup on and stuff, it's intercut with the prowler like lacing up his boots, cocking his shotgun. Oh, okay. and everything. well, yeah,
0: but you don't know even know where he is. Then. No, exactly. You no, know, I right. see what you mean. But yeah, so the bayonet or K K K bar? K- yeah, I don't know k-bar through the <laughs> top of the head down through like the bottom of the chin yeah it looks fucking great. brutal and it's the, shaken. there's blood his everywhere his eyes roll back and it's all his just eyes his rolling eyes. back is so creepy i love that it's, it's fan-tastic. so well
1: done and then i even like when he pulls the knife out and he takes like a handkerchief or something and just like, wipes all this blood off i don't know right like, there's this so might good be
0: this might be Tom Savini's best work, at least in the um, horror slasher realm, because you know, at least he the, most the, stuff. the most
1: underrated, the most underrated. anyways.
0: yeah, I mean, I think the Burnings up there, but like, because he, he's got he's he's got his zombie effects in, like Day of the Dead, and that's like the most amazing thing you've ever seen. Like it, when the original Superman film came out, because that movie had groundbreaking visual effects for its time. They the the tagline was "You'll believe a man can fly." the tagline for day of the dead could have easily been you'll believe a man's guts can fall out while he's moving and the tagline for this should be you'll believe a woman can get picked up with a pitchfork while naked in the shower with blood everywhere because that's like yeah everything's so convincingly done it looks and it's fantastic it's
1: so brutal so as you just as you just pointed out the prowler immediately walks into the bathroom throws open the the shower door and just stabs this girl in the gut with the pitchfork and lifts her off the ground and i will say this this scene
0: it is brutal and i wish this scene were shorter because it's a memorable kill because it's just weird it's the shower it's the every shower horror movie shower kill is is an homage or a ripoff whatever you want to say of psycho right Mm -hmm. but this is here it's the 80s we can actually show nudity we can show a lot more blood than they did in psycho and it's like, I would have liked a tiny bit more restraint, maybe. But I mean, I'm in, I'm in, impressed with this scene. But because it goes on for a long time and it's reveling in just how good that effect is. It's just like, you see a lot of naked woman and a lot of like stabbing. And it's like, okay, you know, because yeah. I love the Linnea Quigley Silent Night, Deadly Night kill. I loved that. Like, yeah, because that, that was something new. Well, it's something new. But even though she's running around naked, the or topless, the entire scene the actual like it it doesn't dwell on the penetration for like a minute like it does here you know of the actual deer antlers yeah that's relatively quickly done. i mean he picks her up and then you see what they're doing and then they show the body like it's pretty simple stuff compared to here we see every (laughs) freaking image we could possibly imagine seeing from this and it's like i could understand someone loving that i could understand someone being like no movie's not for me let me
1: yeah it, it's it's know, almost like a, it's it's almost like it's filmed as like a serial killer's wet dream you know you want to see every angle you want to see every like minor movement of that pitchfork a in little the body bit uh, and a, lift. a little
0: bit and i i think we're you're i i don't disagree with you but i i want to give the movie some credit because it sounds like we're calling joseph zito and or tom savini massive perverts here no. or serial killers <laughs> no, even no, and I, no. I don't think that's the case i mean it might be who knows Tom Savini probably <laughs> has killed at least one person think, <laughs> because he's Tom Savini. But I, I, the scene is so long really because the effect is so good. I mean, I think that's why if the effect wasn't that good, don't get me wrong, this scene w- would have been really quick, but Joseph Zito does not want to cut away from how good these effects are and how incredible they are. And I think they it, it become uncomfortable, at least this one does after a certain amount of time, but... I also like a quicker death might be more effective in terms of just being scary, maybe not disturbing, but that might like just timing wise, that might work a little bit better to be like to make the scene scary. Because to me, the scene isn't scary. It's just in- incredible. And then after a while, it becomes uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I I do agree. I do agree. I mean, it made me feel uncomfortable. I actually have, you know, as, as I usually do when I watch these things, I take some notes down and I wrote uh, I'm looking at it right now. It says. Something so brutal and scary about being killed in the shower, being naked and totally defenseless, and after a while, it just kind of creeps you out. You're like, okay, I'm I'm done with this scene. Can we move on?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, the psycho scene takes a long time too, but that's that's all the quick edits and everything. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is this is not psycho. It's not as classy. No. It's a lot sleazier, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot more disgusting than psycho.
1: Well, right after this, we cut to somebody cutting this giant cake at the dance. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because... That's a fun edit. You know, but they missed a golden opportunity here. And it would have been a close-up of somebody stabbing a fork into a piece of cake and handing it to somebody. Or somebody stabbing a fork into a piece of cake and eating it they, that was that's well what they should I, th- have done. I
0: think i think it's i think it's less about that because i think the next line is something like um, there's someone at the dance like on the microphone and he says like something like are you guys all alive out there or something there's like a line oh like that, was that. The exactly that was at the beginning that was at the beginning with uh, that's the beginning of the yeah. movie okay excuse me
1: at the dance pam's handing out punch but uh she has to leave because punch gets spilled on her so uh she heads home to the dorm goes upstairs and changes out of her wet clothes into something more i don't know dry And unbeknownst to her, the killer is still in the bathroom. And there's this great scene where I think, I don't remember what comes first, but the killer lays the rose on the friend in the, in the tub that he's just fucking run Mm -hmm. through with his pitchfork. But then Pam comes in and she goes, Hey, it's just me. I'm just going to close the door. And the camera is inside the bathroom. And when she closes the door, it's just covered in blood. (laughs) I love that. And uh, yeah, so she changes, heads out. And uh, as she's leaving, she hears footsteps coming down the stairs. So she turns around and looks up, and you just see this, like, scary, spooky-looking G.I., and then she just takes off.
0: I I must say, I don't think this particular moment is done very well, because, like, yeah, we know the killer's in there. She doesn't really suspect anything, so she's just, like, walking down the stairs. She hears something, and she looks up, and the guy's just there. I I think they could have done something a bit more creative a bit more artistic. I don't know. He's he's just there. He's just there, and don't ask questions. He's just, he's just there. It's fine.
1: And then this whole next bit is kind of semi ridiculous because the prowler starts chasing Pam around the dorm. Oh yeah, this the... is
0: our uh, our cameo from Elaine's dad from Seinfeld. Yeah, Lawrence Tierney of Reservoir Dogs fame.
1: Pam runs outside and is stopped by this guy. What, what what's his, what's his character's name? Major major something
0: major tom i don't know major
1: tom yeah major something and he just grabs her by the arm and he won't let go well and we got to set him up too
0: okay because we saw him earlier he's he's across he's in the building across he's in a wheelchair yeah wheelchair bound he's wheelchair bound the girls kind of comment on him and they think he's like looking at at them and they're saying like oh don't worry his legs don't even work i think implying that his dick wouldn't work either or something. I, I don't know. But he's just a red herring. That's the only reason why he's in the movie. Yeah. Except he's not really a red herring because he's Lawrence Tierney. He's like fat and 300 pounds. And like, even if the wheelchair thing is like a fake out and like, okay, he's not actually in a wheelchair. Like he is. he's very clearly not the guy in the costume. Yeah. But then again, to be fair, the actor who plays the killer is also very clearly not the guy in the costume. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well the weird thing maybe
0: is- maybe by that logic he could have been the killer. If, they, if maybe they they had another twist ending figured out and they scrapped it at the last minute. But yeah, Lawrence Tierney's here. Elaine Bennis's dad from one episode of Seinfeld.
1: Well, he's certainly interesting in this movie because he doesn't do much other than sit in a wheelchair, look out a window. He doesn't have a line, does he? No, he doesn't have anything. And then he yeah. grabs Pam by the arm and just won't let her go. Yeah. which is bizarre first she's of all he got outside somehow yeah he somehow got down from like the second or third floor in a wheelchair
0: yeah he is at least on the second floor and was we don't have outside. any knowledge of like an attendant or like a nurse who would no, like let him out no. maybe he has one of those
1: yeah and then uh yeah then he tries to assault pam somehow and then she she breaks free by taking her shawl off and then she just runs away and she runs into mark who happens to be at the dorm and she's like oh my god there's a killer in there and Mark looks inside and out, can't find anybody, and he also can't find the And th- major.
0: this is another sort of a red herring thing, too, because, like, oh, why is Mark there? Like, what, she just immediately runs yeah. into him. It's like that. Yeah. There's a scene in Scream where um someone runs into someone, like, right after the killer is there. And it's like, wait a second, why are you here?
1: Getting back to this, Pam and—what's uh, his name? Mark, that's it, go into the Major's house for some reason to find him. Because Pam's like, oh, he was outside here in his wheelchair. It's crazy. So Mark is like, well, let's go investigate his house. So they bust into his house and start looking around. And while Mark is looking around, Pam discovers this old photo album where she sees a photo of Rosemary. And she realizes that she was the daughter of the major. And that she's photographed holding a rose. Which, yeah, I was going to say, could
0: we make her like the... Yeah, no, I guess the age works out. I was thinking... You're like, can we make a granddaughter maybe? But no, this is 40 years later.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. this is, well, 40, it's 35, 35 yeah. years later, whatever. Anyways, this is when Pam starts putting two and two together. She's like, oh my God, the guy who chased me and the disappearance of the major and the murders in 45, because the calling card was a rose, because she was talking about that at the beginning of the movie. She's like, they're all done by the same person. we got to go to the dance to warn everybody about this. And Mark is like, nah, I think it's the thief. That's right. It, well, and
0: here, here's, the, here's the problem, though. I mean, yes. Pam is making these connections. Do we have any reason to make the connections? Other than, like, I get, okay, Killer, Rose, but why is the Killer come back? There's, like, no reason for that. Well, I guess the first dance, is the first, is, is, is just not, like, dances?
1: I guess. So, look, the weird thing is, I guess at I guess the beginning, it was set up where Pam is a bit of a... <laughs> the,
0: the Killer is John Lithgow from Footloose. <laughs> and the Killer just hates those dances.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's set up at the beginning that Pam wrote like an article for the local paper on on the murderer and the murders in '45, uh, because the first dance in 35 years is being held. But like, I don't know what the again and again as you said it's spoilers I, the sheriff. I don't know what the sheriff has against dances. I can understand him murdering the woman who broke up with him while he was overseas. But like, what's his right. issue with dances? So, anyways, they go to the, the dance. issue
0: is Tom Savini, Joseph Zito want to kill some people. Yeah. We don't need a plot. <laughs>
1: Uh, do you think they're all actually dead like it wasn't like like it wasn't dummies well i know you know
0: vicky dawson the lead character here who you know she doesn't die in the movie but uh she she is that um first degree of famous she's in that first tier of fame where she does not have a wikipedia page wow so i don't know you know every every, um yeah exactly that's what i'm going for i i didn't bother looking her up on imdb to see if she is alive or if that she lived after 1981
1: when, when this movie was made. Mark and Pam get to the dance. They warn Allison, who's, I, this woman Allison, who's like the chaperone. And she, makes, she heads up onto stage and she tells everybody, don't leave the building because there's a prowler on the loose. And we don't right. want you to leave the building. But while she's doing that, one of Pam's friends, Lisa, she's already left the building. She's right. having a dip in the pool while her boyfriend is puking his guts up in the bathroom because he's drunk. And uh, yeah,
0: that's a weird bath. There's just too many people in Too many dudes in, hanging out. What's too going on? Too on, many people on screen in that bathroom know, scene. Like it's, weird. it's like them.
1: It's like what's well, first of all, no
0: no one's following the urinal rule.
1: Yeah, you're right. right? You're the, right. The
0: unwritten law of urinals. Unless you are at a very crowded event, which maybe this dance qualifies, but I'm thinking more like NFL game and its halftime and the bathroom's like crowded, then sure. You'll go, but, but for those of you women listening who are no <laughs> nobody, but, but there's an unwritten law amongst men in that if there is not a divider between urinals, you do not take the one that is next to someone unless super crowded event, you know. Yeah, and you really got MLB go. game, NFL game, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's because men are incredibly insecure, if you were wondering.
1: But you know, which bathroom would you use? Would you rather? would you rather be next to somebody at urinal in this movie or would you rather be in that disgusting stabbed in the shower no i was gonna say or would you rather be in that disgusting <laughs> outhouse of a building uh, uh, outhouse, outhouse that was connected to the building in the beginning of friday the 13th? yeah you
0: know that guy didn't even get get a chance to wash his hands after but no. then again just looking at him he wasn't going to
1: <laughs> well back to lisa because she's just playing around in the pool and uh the prowler jumps into the pool, no, he's standing there, oh, that's right, I love this, he's standing there, she goes to climb out of the pool, and he boots her in the face, and she falls back into the pool, then he jumps into the pool, and he just slits her throat, he's kind of holding her down, and slits her throat, and just holds her under the water until she stops moving, and uh, Allison, the chaperone who had just told everybody to stay inside, she makes her way out looking for Lisa, and uh, she is also cornered by the prowler, and I think she gets a knife through the back of her neck, isn't that it? yeah i mean yeah it's
0: like well it's the bayonet over and over again i think
1: yeah yeah you're right it's the it's the same weapon but i think it it goes through the back of her neck again a la kevin bacon a la pregnant woman in friday the 13th debbie, part three
0: debbie does dallas yeah De-
1: <laughs> debbie does everyone
0: debbie does andy
1: yeah <laughs> but debbie doesn't do shelly yeah so while that's going on mark and pam have left the dance with the drunk boyfriend and they've put him in a drunk tank for the night they think it's a good idea to go back to the major's house to check it out again when this like convenience store owner this general store owner comes up and says hey mark there's some kids fucking around in the cemetery how come you're not doing anything about it go over there see what they're doing so he goes okay him and Pam head over, and it turns out that uh, no
0: plot. We're just it's it I know, goes from it, scene to scene. I know exactly. It's, yeah. it's like we we've got a scene away from the dance. We've got a scene back at the dance. We've got a, we've got a
1: scene. That's away exactly from it. And like, like it, it, who it's cares? all just it's all just filler stuff. You're right. Who cares? So let me just say it's they, nonsense. You're right. It's nonsense. So they but go it's to the good cemetery. nonsense. Well, eh. it's
0: nonsense I appreciate. I guess it's nonsense so. I can get behind.
1: Well, they go to the cemetery and somebody's dug up a body, and then they open the casket, and it's Lisa, right? She was just murdered in the pool, and she's dead there. I told
0: you, I don't know any of that. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Okay, you're
1: right. So then Mark is like, oh my god, this is crazy. Let me go back to the station and see if... They caught that other prowler, that thief. Oh, they did three hours ago. He couldn't have possibly murdered Lisa. And there's a rose here. Oh, my God. It must be the prowler from 1945.
0: Yeah. And first of all, the thief, because we've heard a little bit about him. The sheriff mentioned him. Where He wasn't like in that town, wasn't he? Like a no, he was He was outside that town.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. So there was a possibility that he would show up, but he hadn't technically shown up to our knowledge. Yeah. Yeah just another like let's just hear any everybody's a suspect yeah could well, be this guy could be that guy at, could be this, at this 95 point, year old man in a wheelchair i know
1: at this point like you're either i i don't know how how you went through this mentally but as soon as i sat down and started watching the with movie, booze yeah with booze, <laughs> me too but as soon as the prowler was introduced in the 80s i was like okay the guy's I gotta be this in the
0: morning so oh, there's no. a lot of booze <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, as soon as the Prowler was introduced in like the eighties, I was like, the guy's got to be in his fifties at least. He's definitely. Right, if it's the same guy,
0: it uh, it always yeah. could be. It always could be an imitator. It could be like this movie has remarkable plot similarities to My Bloody Valentine. The case with that, there's like an urban or rural Canadian legend of this guy that killed so, this miner that killed people decades ago. And then a guy shows up in a minor costume in that movie and you're like, oh no, it's the same guy. It's not. That's that's <laughs> it's, it's a different guy. But you know, so so it could always be that. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be the same guy technically. You're
1: right, you're right. But anyways, I sat down and I was like, Okay, it's gotta be one of like three people. It's gotta be the old man who's in a wheelchair. Okay, I was gonna say, man. Did you rule him out? Yeah, well because, I was like I was because like I sure as fuck did. Well, I was like, unless he's faking it, you know. It might be him, right? But but even
0: even if he's fake in the wheelchair, he's still twice as wide as the person we actually see. But Absolutely again, I know yeah. the body type doesn't really match the person that it's supposed to be either. That's fine, exactly. Whatever.
1: And then uh, and then I thought maybe it's like the creepy clerk assistant at the general store, auto, right. or it's the sheriff, and there, it's just a big fake yeah. out. Yeah, or, the or sheriff. sheriff.
0: I think there's at this point. I think there's a unless I'm mistaken. I I think technically. 35 year old like main character cop is still on the table as a suspect isn't he have have we seen him he has not run into the killer he has no he hasn't conveniently he been hasn't. near places where the killer has been a lot so i think he's he and the sheriff are the lead suspects like I, general star who cares
1: yeah exactly yeah i mean With i think
0: 90 year old man there's plenty of problems why it's probably not that guy yeah
1: <laughs> yeah well you know if you had any thought that it might be the deputy those yeah deputy yeah those those ideas are deputy dewey those ideas are immediately put down because they go back over to the major's house to again investigate right yeah and he heads upstairs and is knocked out by uh the prowler and it looks like he's going to be killed with a pitchfork but we don't see anything happen he's just knocked out
0: to be perfectly fair that could easily set up as two killers he's one of them
1: yeah you're right you're right to be perfectly fair you're right and then, uh, I guess downstairs, I don't know, I, I didn't understand, was this supposed to be Rosemary's body that Pam finds in the, in the fireplace, in the, in the chimney? She sees, I like, guess, a necklace probably. hanging down, and then, a, and then she's poking around, and a whole skeleton falls, and it's like, oh my god.
0: Yeah, it must be.
1: Pam finds that, and, uh, immediately gets chased around the house by the prowler. Upstairs, downstairs, she heads upstairs, and as we already mentioned, she hides under a bed with a rat, and again, right. does not piss herself.
0: Friday the 13th, part two, all over again remarkable similarities
1: yeah and uh she runs out and one of the greatest like i actually really enjoyed this scene she she's about to be killed by the prowler with his pitchfork and then otto this creepy guy that we've just mentioned he just plugs the prowler like in the chest and there's blood against the wall and you're like oh wow that's so nice you saved her it's over just kidding the prowler sits up and literally blows this guy away with a shotgun just like yeah. blood all over the back of the door <laughs>
0: and then tom savini loves the shotgun effects tom tom savini himself great. gets his head blown off in the movie maniac yeah from 1980 <laughs> so You're right i forgot about yeah.
1: that yeah 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 then pam stabs the prowler in the back with a pitchfork and then we get the face reveal because i guess it's too hard to breathe after have being after being shot in the chest and then having a pitchfork stabbed in your back the helmet and mask come off and it is indeed the sheriff. And I don't know really how this happens, but Pam overpowered, like th- th- they're struggling for the gun on the ground. And then Pam right. overpowers the sheriff and points the gun at his chin and then just pulls the trigger. And we get this magnificent head explosion. Right. One of my favorite head explosions I think I've seen. And uh, yeah,
0: I don't, I don't know if I've got a running list. I mean, I feel like every head explosion is a satisfying one. I don't think I've seen uh, <laughs> I mean, I've seen a fairly unimpressive head crush, you know, in Friday the 13th Part 3. But yeah. the second we had that exploding factor, I think it's hard to be disappointed.
1: No, yeah, you're right. But no.
0: obviously, Scanners is the one everyone talks about. I, I mentioned Maniac. You know, this a, everyone's good. but I mean, Scanners is the best, though.
1: When the head kind of peels like a banana, like when the effect looked like, you know what I'm talking about? like It kind of like flaps open and everything inside comes out i love that <laughs> when you see stuff like that on screen because it looks so ridiculous but it looks so great
0: oh another another tom savini shotgun effect is the dawn of the dead that's what someone gets their head blown off yeah in the beginning, the uh, right yeah. and then uh, it's not the opening scene but it's early in the movie and the raid on the yeah puerto rican um <laughs> puerto rican apartment complex or whatever
1: i will say that one doesn't look nearly as good as as the well the the, one, the prop is good. just bad yeah but it's, it's fun because isn't it like tom savini's head or something like that no like it's
0: a... um the lead actress's oh, head right, because originally the right. uh, original yeah. version of that movie they were going to kill her in a well i guess they don't kill her in the movie but they were going to kill her in a way that used a prop head and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so they just like painted brown and put put a mustache, put a mustache <laughs> on it or something
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, great stuff
0: seamless seamless
1: seamless absolutely yeah so that's pretty much the end of the movie but the actual ending is pretty strange because it's like the next day mark takes pam back to her dorm and she goes upstairs to find the bodies of of sherry oh, and yeah. carl and yeah. carl's like hanging there in the shower and the, the tub is overflowing and right the, his, yeah because yeah, it's weird because
0: usually in these slasher movies when someone gets killed early in the movie and and the final girl doesn't see it the body will show up later, and we didn't do that yet in this movie. So yeah. It's, so it's weird, kind of. There's no like closure is not the right word, but she never sees what happens to her friends. I guess.
1: Yeah. So she goes upstairs, and the body of Carl just kind of lunges towards her and like grabs her shirt or something, and she pulls right. away and she's screaming. Then she opens her eyes, and it's kind of like a hallucination. But the weirdest yeah. part about all of this is that it's in it's like another the last... Friday the Thirteenth thing. Well, yeah. But it, it's in like the last minute of the movie, and there's like this quiet, peaceful music playing all over. It. And at no point, this, does the original like, Friday the Thirteenth did the exact same thing. It, they had like the calming music. Exactly, yeah. But I was just gonna say, like, it's, it's. I don't know. It's just weird for this movie. You know, I, I expected a musical sting, but you're right. It ends. Yeah, and uh, that, that's the problem.
0: That last scene had that has to be a Tom Savini thing because he was, I think, the one that kind of insisted. I don't know if he literally came up with the Jason jumping out of the boat, but he insisted friday the 13th had to end on something like that mm-hmm. and because his frame of reference was he the movie carrie like when that movie's all done someone is placing flowers on carrie's grave and then carrie's hand reaches out and grabs it. and then that yeah, movie yeah. ends and he's like that was so awesome we need to do that and that's so this is <laughs> that every friday the 13th movie every single one ends with that um so yeah i mean you you'd see it in other movies too What's that movie with the the slasher movie where the guy jumps out of a snowman at the end?
1: Oh, um That's a movie. Yeah.
0: It's it's the one it's like the one where he kills people at a ski lodge. I can't remember the name of it.
1: Jack Frost. No, I
0: don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jack Frost, he is a snowman. Exactly. He can't jump out of a snowman. <laughs> exactly. Plus the snowman <laughs> is very clearly like a rubber college football mascot. No one can jump out of that costume. Yeah.
1: yeah. What'd you think of the Prowler, Patrick?
0: the prowler is an asterisk on this because i think you have to be a a pretty significant horror fan not just because this movie is not super popular it's somewhat obscure but you know the prowler is great if you enjoy a certain type of movie yes i think it's pretty well done it's horribly written this both these movies, some of the worst scripts we've been dealing with in this, <laughs> in all the movies we've covered. I mean, not Killer Workout bad or Screwballs bad, <laughs> but these are not well-written movies. But elevated, obviously, with the, um, mainly the effects from Thompson, I mean, but the direction, there's some good stuff there that You know, nothing great with the acting. But yeah, if, if you like a horror movie, a, a slasher movie specifically, that there's just literally nothing to it except slashing like there's nothing to be involved in emotionally, then this is the movie for you. I think I've Absolutely. seen some other movies like this, and this is one of the better ones. I would say uh, The Burning is a bit like this. That's um, also a Tom Savini effects movie from 1981. That's uh, the first Weinstein production ever, actually. Um, oh, no. But yeah, that, that's another movie where it's like this tiny bit of plot, but not really. And then there's all these characters. There's nothing to them except George... Well, there's a Seinfeld connection. George Costanza's in that movie, not Elaine's dad, but George <laughs> Costanza, his first uh, non-KFC commercial acting role. Actually, it might predate his KFC ad. I don't know. But yeah, I think this movie's well done for what it is. You know, don't expect anything profound. You're not watching The Exorcist. You're not watching The Shining. You're watching something better than The Shining, to be honest. No, I, <laughs> well, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I enjoy kind of it more you. than The Shining. I'm I not, I'm not you. going there. Not going all the way there, but yeah. Now is, is this great. the first time what you've did seen? You think? It? No, no, no. I've seen it before. Joe Bob Briggs hosted it for um. I think his first marathon thing that he did in, uh, for Shutter, the twenty-four hour marathon. That, that was the first time I would have seen that. This, and I think it was the only time I saw. It. This might be the just the second time I've seen it. But yeah, I like it. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, I I feel the same way. This is the first time I've seen this. Much like with almost every other movie on our podcast. Had yeah, you seen Friday the 13th Part 3, by the way? I don't think no, I missed you that. No, no. I, I, that's one of the ones I have not seen. I've seen... Okay, interesting. One, two, five... Four, I know
0: you've seen four.
1: Four. Jason uh, X. Jason X, for sure.
0: Freddy versus Jason? Absolutely. You've seen the remake. You've mentioned the yeah. sex scene in the remake, so yes. I know you've seen that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's the most memorable yeah. thing about that movie, Absolutely. arguably.
1: But yeah, this uh, the, uh, this movie was great. The Prowler was great. And again, as you said, you know, do not... Come into this movie expecting like a work of art. If you want to just see people get right. killed, like a, a, a semi-scary movie where people just get brutally murdered, then yeah, it's going to deliver. And I think uh, yeah. For what and it is, I'm, it I'm a big,
0: I'm a big advocate of the like when it comes to horror movies. You know, the get a man who can do both meme. You know, yeah, they don't all have to be this. But sometimes I enjoy seeing something like this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I enjoy seeing a much headier more emotionally involving horror movie obviously like the wicker man is really interesting has a lot of great ideas you know the exorcist even the the omen i think is a good mix of both there's like a good plot but we get like goofy kind of over the top kills in that one uh so that the omen i think is a great example of the the man that can do both but this movie can only do one of those things and it does a very good job of it
1: i assume the omen movies are on our are on our list somewhere
0: I maybe just the first one. Okay. I I think I I just like some like I know every horror movie ever has had sequels at this point, and some I had to be a little like you know if if I'm going to have all 28 Puppet Master movies, maybe I don't have all three Omen movies. Okay, you know the the line needs to be drawn somewhere. <laughs> so I think just the first Omen.
1: Now I got a question for you because you pointed out that the that the Prowler is pretty obscure it's not well known uh, it's
0: not not super well known it's it's not a uh, well first of all it's like hard to find anywhere it is like, i i, um, I originally we watched this thing on youtube fortunately but like like one of those free versions that was probably illegally uploaded so by well, the time what? this episode comes out maybe that's down I but watched... it's not like streaming anywhere it's not on google play or no or no and you know what too and I, like
1: i i started watching it on youtube and i had to stop because everything like the frame was cut out and everything like that so i yeah yeah i just googled the prowler 1981 and it took me to this weird fucking site called like bit chunk or, or chunk bit all right
0: this is where we're, we're cutting this part because jim is admitting to a felony
1: no no um, no no, i didn't download it or anything i just, <laughs> I just googled mistaken. it and went okay. to this yeah and it was, uh, I, thought, I thought you were about to no it went to the. Like well chunk in that case bit.
0: i will admit to a felony in that um, <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> i was gonna say i killed a snake on camera just oh like my tom, God. tom savini
1: yeah but no, so my question was, this movie is a lot better, in my opinion, than Friday the 13th Part 3. But why is yes. this movie not as well known as Friday the 13th? Why did it not get fair? Sequenced? Fair question.
0: It's really, because the first Friday the 13th, obviously it hit, it, something about that movie just popped with the public. It just came out at a time when we had had Halloween, but we hadn't had a whole lot of movies like that since Friday the 13th comes out super popular, Uh, even though Halloween is like your Halloween or Black Christmas or Texas Chainsaw, whatever, like consider like the first slasher movie. Friday the 13th is really what kind of made that a movement, Mm -hmm. if you will. And so that sees a bunch of imitators that Halloween sequels started coming out after Friday the 13th, which I think is notable.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: I think it's just, and, and really after Friday the 13th, what movie like had the impact that Friday the 13th had until Nightmare on Elm Street like it, a slasher movie I should say yeah not a whole lot like and there's the I mentioned the burning the burning might be better than any Friday the 13th movie it's certainly better than the first one this is better than a number of Friday the 13th movies probably better than the first one I think that's debatable at least yeah I think it's just like the right time and then there's something about especially once we get the hockey mask with Jason there's just something iconic about that although that isn't what you had in the with the first two movies so i don't know i think it's when you have a successful movie there's a lot of luck involved i mean sometimes (laughs) it's just like a really really good movie and it finds its audience over time but there's a lot of really good movies that never find an audience and i don't know there's a lot of bad movies that do so i think there's just a lot of happy accidents going to friday the 13th and the prowler just didn't have the same same thing and i don't know i think it's i think it's all timing friday the 13th 1980 this a year later probably after we've even gotten friday the 13th part two we would just been seeing this type of thing before
1: yeah and i think as well you know to be honest i like the look of the prowler you know the army helmet the, the and, killer and the look, the, the yeah. visual yeah yeah i but, do too but i don't think the american gi is ever looked like that oh, well, oh no uh, no uh, i see what you yeah mean. well okay. i was gonna say like, i see where you're going the american gi is too almost like patriotic of an image to make it look hey listen we've had
0: uncle sam killer movies it's happened i haven't (laughs) seen them i know they're no i know they're out there
1: (laughs) but like but you know what i mean though right because this is a movie about a guy returning from world war ii who is jilted and he kills his girlfriend or his his ex because he's upset that she that she broke up with him and there's
0: potential for a I say potential for it, like I'm talking like a different script entirely because this movie wasn't going in that direction. But to make like a revenge kind of horror thing where you're kind of sympathetic towards the soldier, towards the veteran. Yeah. You could go like a first blood route. I mean, clearly that's very far from what this movie is going for. But I think you could have a movie where like this soldier, like, yeah, he was a hero, but he lost his mind. And then there's some interesting things with that. But yeah, I understand the patriotic point. We don't tend to want to see a character like that be a killer. I mean, I love me some maniac cop. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see what you mean. But Jason, there's nothing. There is literally nothing to Jason, and somehow we can make that scary. Yeah, exactly. Not that this isn't scary, but there's just some something about the nothingness of Jason, or the nothingness of Michael Myers. He's just pure evil. There's something about that that grabs there that grabbed the public in a way that this guy didn't or Cropsey from the burning didn't or the killer in what that what's that movie called where he wears an owl mask
1: I have no clue some
0: Italian movie where he goes about around killing people at oh I think it's stage fright I think it has it's one of those Italian movies it has a few names but stage fright there's a guy going around killing people who are like doing play
1: rehearsals and he wears an owl mask (laughs) like it's just like what the hell is this yeah and you know I guess while we're still on the subject a, a of calls yeah, <laughs> yeah of the prowler of american gi's and uh, a quick google search for this movie will bring up articles about like ptsd and how it was portrayed in this movie or like or links to right. ptsd and I, I think anybody writing articles like that like sure you can make a pretty vague well, yeah, you, connection. if you're
0: writing a, a scholarly article on the Prowler, you should have your head examined. I'm sorry. This is exactly exactly because there's know, stuff. Again, write about your PTSD representation in first blood.
1: Exactly. Do not, not write about it with the Prowler. Yeah, because like <laughs> I, I don't think there's much under like you, I, even the Rambo sequels
0: like we're abandoning all like connection with that shit. Yeah. It's just an action movie. Yeah, And
1: you know what the Prowler is? nothing there's nothing under the surface it is just surface level and that is it it is a slasher movie the prowler
0: is one of the most direct movies you will ever see
1: yes absolutely absolutely (laughs) it is
0: uncomplicated in (laughs) in every capacity it is it is what you think it is you know to to paraphrase the great denny green um (laughs) it's you're not a football guy you don't get know no
1: I'll trust you though.
0: Denny Green had Denny Green is the Arizona Cardinals coach who they just lost a game to the Bears who were having a very good year and after words in the interview they were asking him like, "Well, oh, so what did you think, you know, the Bears are really good?" And he's like, "Fuck it. They were who we thought they were. <laughs> and we let them off the hook. We could have beat them. <laughs> we're not going to crown these guys. They're not that much better than us. We were beating them and we just let them beat us." <laughs>
1: wow. Yes, yeah, so the
0: prowler is who you think it is.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I think I think that's a great spot to leave it for the Prowler. It is what it is. It is what you think it is.
0: So I, it sounds like we know the answer to this question. But Jim, which of these two movies do you
1: prefer? Definitely the Prowler, and uh, yeah, I Prowler think,
0: big time. Yeah, I don't big think time. there's any
1: need to get into it. We,
0: I am pro you know, Prowler. <laughs> pro,
1: <laughs> pro Prowler. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, me too. Pro. So Prowler. Jim, how do you think this works as a double feature?
1: I I actually think it works great as long as Friday the 13th comes first, because this is one of those rare instances where a Friday the 13th movie is not as gory or nudity heavy as as the other movie.
0: It's a lot – I mean, there's blood, there's violence, there's killing, but the killings are a lot sillier in that movie. They're a lot more brutal in this, and some of that's just the effects, the quality of the effects. Some of it, I think, is the way the movie's shot. Mm-hmm. but yeah i i agree as well excellent double feature were two similar movies to both slasher movies from you know within a year of each other uh a lot of friday the 13th connections with the prowler not necessarily connections to this movie but connections or to part three but connections to the first one and the fourth one um and i guess the second one because they rip off the climax <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they don't rip it off but they exact same climax so every so this is similarities to every movie, but Part Three, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> the, and maybe Friday that's why it makes it series. better. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, maybe they're they're stealing from the from the better Friday the Thirteenth movies. Excellent double feature. If you're a big slasher fan, which I am, these are both essential films. Even though I don't think Friday the Thirteenth Part Three is great, you kind of have to see all the series. Yeah, um, it, not, it, it's a prerequisite. Because, not because you need sure. to see this one to know. Where the story goes, there is no story. I'm just saying, like, as it's a rite of passage to watch all those movies, and, and the Prowler is a bit more of a, a bit more of an obscure pick, but it's a, it's essential viewing for if you like these kinds of movies, and
1: it's it's definitely worth the effort it takes to find it online to watch.
0: Okay, yes, yeah. um, do not commit any felonies when watching this film.
1: Though. No, we'll no. say that.
0: So, speaking of felonies, next week. We've got Halloween 2 from 1981, another slasher film, another lots of kills in that movie, Um, lots of Jamie Lee Curtis sleepwalking through her role. So that ought to be exciting. (laughs) We also have The Stuff from director Larry Cohen, which is like this weird kind of horror sci fi. I don't know if I'd call it a horror comedy, but it's definitely satirical. The Stuff. As are most of larry cohen's films but yes that's a this that's an interesting double feature coming up i will be joined by a good friend josh from that he covered the original halloween with me back in the start of the season i was gonna have you on that episode jim but and i was gonna have josh on something later but then i re- listened to the halloween episode and was like oh yeah he did definitely say he wanted to come back for halloween too so i don't think I well, can that's okay deny can him have this it. privilege he can have it. Right. I mean, it's not as good as Halloween 1, but you already didn't cover that one. So anyways, (laughs) Halloween 2 and The Stuff, a couple of 80s horror classics. The Stuff, another Joe Bob Briggs Shudder hosted movie as well. So anyways, check us out. Be sure to come back next week. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash revenge of the drive-in. Twitter at drive-in podcast. Come talk to us if you you know, if you want a warrant for Jim's arrest for torrenting the prowler. Um, <laughs> Send us questions,
1: know. concerns, complaints all about me to Patrick Absolutely. On
0: yes. Well, I mean plenty of complaints about me, I'm sure. <laughs> Anyways Jim, thanks for joining me.
1: Patrick, thanks, thanks for you having in me. In
0: a couple of weeks again.
1: Yeah, i uh, buddy, I'll see you when I see you. and audience, uh, you'll listen to me when you listen to me. So there.
0: Right. Yeah, actually the next episode after um Halloween this stuff, I'm rejoined by Feck from our grizzly vice academy episode because we are covering ghoulies for that one just a heads up so you and i will be we uh, <laughs> got another we've got we're back for psycho and spookies
1: oh spookies
0: spookies <laughs> baby we're spookies spook city <laughs> spook um, it and up. then another hitchcock another more shower deaths okay that's all of our episodes are going to involve people getting killed in the shower because i like it yeah yeah well well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Take care, Ronnie. Bye for now, everybody. Bye.